being in environments where I don't speak the language. I, although yes, I am, you know, Caribbean American, right? I look very different than, you know, folks at the school that I was attending with the family that I was living in. So that really put me in a position to adapt and being adaptable and being accepting of other viewpoints. Those are all keys as a recruiter, as a person that is trying to marry and merge the goals, desires, wishes of a candidate and the goals, desires and wishes of an organization. How do you put that together? You've got to be adaptable. You've got to be able to read between the lines. You've got to be able to extract information that's going to help you. So I find that being in environments where I don't speak the language, I you know don't know the culture as well as I would love to, but being fully immersed into it, it forced me to be adaptable. It forced me to develop those soft skills, right? Because one thing that's universal is just connection. Mm. Connection is universal. So how do you connect with people? Staffing and recruiting and going on all the client visits in the world is all about connection. So that's really what drives the business. And I want to make sure that, you know, the recruiters that I bring on board, the, the, you know, as the company grows, operations staff, all these things, there's a true connection mm. between us. Um, so I think traveling and seeing the world and visiting China and, you know, being in Japan for several weeks, again, these are all cultures and continents I'd never visited before had no experience on, did not speak the language as well as I would have liked to, but I made it work. And it was a enriching experience overall, 100%, 100%. Yo, plug me in. Plug me in to the STEM Plug Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the STEM Plug Podcast. You know, here on the STEM Plug Podcast, we plug you in with amazing entrepreneurs and innovators doing some amazing things in the science, technology, engineering, and math space. And today, you know, Rich Nevada, I'm back again, and we're plugging you in with another amazing entrepreneur and innovator. And I say amazing, this guy is amazing, for real. Like, we had to make sure we had my boy Sean on the show just to plug you in, right? So Sean is the founder and the managing director of Crown Technical Staffing, which is based in Atlanta and is doing some engineering recruitment right now. So it's very important that we have Sean on the show so he can really plug in his staffing agency and really tell you everything that he has going on, right? So like I said, Sean is here with Crown Technical Staffing, which is a leading executive engineering firm, right? So, Sean, how's it going today, bro? I'm doing well. Doing well, Rich. Glad to uh, have a have an opportunity to kind of share with you, share with your network, and, you know, just kind of share what we've been up to, you know, what's to look forward to for Crown. Right, right, right. So, we have, the, we have that you're the founder, right, of Crown, yeah. right? Yeah. And we're, we're going to say Crown for a short, right? Sure, but um, let's kind of take it back a little bit, right? Sure. You're now the founder of a staffing agency, but I know it didn't always start like that, right? So share share a little bit with us, with our listeners about your, your story, man. Like how, sure. how what even got you interested in to starting your own staffing agency? Because that's, that's amazing. It's a tall task. I'll tell you <laughs> that. A tall task, man. So yeah. back in New York, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. I went to school upstate New York. 
um, small, you know, private college, Hobart and William Smith. And upon coming out, it was at a time where it was just a little bit tough, right? To get into the job market um, and really come in with entry-level skills, not having worked for an established company before, it was tough getting an opportunity. And I wanted to be at that time a uh, you know public service officer, right? For the US government. And during the interim, I knew that I needed to make money. I knew I, knew I needed to pay the rent. So I partnered up with a staffing agency. They still exist today. I'm still friends with the very first person that recruited me back in 2005. And um, I just saw the influence that this person had in getting me interviews, getting me opportunities, um, creating a bridge between me, an unknown candidate, and a company having an opportunity. She was that bridge and that connection piece. And I knew I wanted to be that person, the bridge, the connector for the brown, underserved, hardworking community that oftentimes doesn't get they don't get that shine or they don't get that prominence within a lot of organizations or even the visibility in a lot of organizations. So I wanted Crown to be that bridge, right? Similar to the connector that I had in my life, be that bridge so that we can connect, you know, communities to amazing manufacturers and design teams that have great products, have great services, and they're just not known just yet. Wow. 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 That's amazing. That's amazing. So uh, what, what year did you, did you start Crown? April of 2022. Wow. So we're a new, yeah. So we're a new organization. It's funny when I met you um, and I was kind of just sharing the story and sharing, you know, just your connection with the engineering and, you know, mm-hmm. Nesby community. I, I knew there was some synergy there. And I felt that at the beginning of, of the crown technical journey, um, I knew that key partnerships was going to be important for us to get the name out there and for people to know who we were and to know that we were our home for engineering and technical staff, right? And engineering and technical um, employees. So that was that was the primary focus. Wow, wow, no, nah, that's that's amazing, man. It's, and it's a year, and you you already uh you already taken off, right? And yeah. um, you know, the, I always like to say that the hardest thing to do some the hardest thing with anything is to start, right? Right. So did you have like with this idea that you had of, of starting this staffing agency? Oh. Was it uh did you have this for a while, or did you like soon as the idea came up you just just went for it no i'd I'd been mulling it over right for the past three years and it came to a point in my former employer that it was evident that i wanted to create or build an environment that could cater to a better mousetrap or could support a better mousetrap right so to speak where you are really empowering the recruitment team you're empowering the business development team you are working truly truly in a partnership with the clients that you're getting on board I knew that I can offer some value that was missing in the marketplace. So the idea was there, the financial setup, right? Needed some time to, to really be able to cultivate the, the resources so I could exit and go off on my own. Um, so that was really where, you know, building the steam needed to come from, right? Cause I, I knew I wanted to do something different in the marketplace, uh, especially um, being the only, you know, minority owned, black owned, engineering and technical recruitment firm in Atlanta. So I knew there was a place for me. I just needed to put myself by the bootstraps and go make it happen, you know? Yeah, nah, nah, you, you did it, you did it. So what, what would you say are kind of like the key responsibilities that come with you, you know, kind of, you know, driving that exclusive talent uh, to your firm? What are the responsibilities you kind of have? 
Sure. So the biggest thing, I we run Split Desk here at Crown. So that means I've got a team, a fulfillment team, team of recruiters that handle a lot of the vetting of candidates and finding the right talent, you know, being in the communities, et cetera, alongside, you know, myself, of course. But um, one of the key responsibilities is just making sure that we fully understand what the client is looking for. It's very easy to have a job description, put a couple of keywords into a Boolean search, into a LinkedIn search, and find candidates that may match on paper. But there's so many nuances within recruitment that you've truly got to be partners and you've truly got to understand it's a dance. There's an ebb and flow, right? Some days you're going to find some really good rock stars. Other days it's going to be a little bit tough. So understanding that that partnership between the client is a key indicator that of the company's health, right? Because when you've got clients that really sing your praise and are truly married to your process and your, and the way that you're doing things and it's a give and take, man, magic can happen at that point. So I'd say really understanding the responsibilities of connecting with the client, having outreach and connecting with candidates in just different groups, different networks that they perhaps belong to. Those are all key ways to really connect at a grounds level with the type of talent that's going to, that, that's needed to, to bring these products and bring these, you know, manufacturers to life. So what type, what type of talent do, would you say you, um, you know, your idea talent, if you, if you can see an idea person that you would like right. to kind of put in specific roles, what would you say you're looking for? So we're focusing on four different verticals or sectors in the manufacturing industry. So we've got oil and gas, renewable energies, medical device, electronics, and automated and industrial machinery, right? So companies that are designing and engineering or designing and manufacturing. So we're looking for the manufacturing engineers. We're looking for mid-tier, mid-career talent. So we don't deal so much with entry level. It's more so I've been in the industry, been an engineer for the past three or five years. I'd like to step my career up and go to an employer that's going to give me and they lay out their goals. They lay out what's going to make them make a move. And we match that, right? So okay. the engineers from manufacturing, electrical, mechanical, controls engineers, automation engineers to your field service roles. Um, so yes, once you are a mid-tier engineer and manufacturing specialist all the way through your leadership roles, right? So your VPs of manufacturing, your VPs of engineering, um, those are the type of leadership, frontline leadership positions that we are focused in on, as well as the support staff that's helping them, the engineers that are actually going out and doing the work and servicing the clients. Okay. And are, so are these roles, and I know you're, you know, the company you're based out of Atlanta, are yeah. your roles in specific areas or, you know, uh, what areas are most of your roles in? Or are you all around the country? Yeah, it really is all around the country. So I want to own the backyard, right? So mm. the Southeast, is really where um, quite a bit of our business is right now. However, we do have clients all throughout the Northeast, um, throughout the Midwest. A lot of the companies that we work with have multi-sites. So although they may be based in Pennsylvania, I'm recruiting for a software engineer in California right now, right? Just as a mm. point of reference. So yes, some of the clients are multi-sites. So we do have to you know, make sure that we, we service all there opportunities you know with anything in life right i always say uh relationships are key right you know exactly. relationships are, are are it's not about uh what you know now no more right. right right so um do you have to like travel to a lot of these different uh 
cities and, and states where you're like having to you're looking to build with different companies to, to build those relationships and do you have to travel a lot so for example we've got a client right now based out of austin right they're in austin texas and they are building out a new manufacturing facility right so they're going to be bringing manufacturing from their midwest site down to austin it's in our best interest to make sure that we're there to support the client. One, to really be able to see the vision for the facility, right? So we can know exactly what type of talent is going to be needed, right? To take them to that next level and help them sell more and service their clients even better. So in a scenario like that, right, where there's a long-term partnership, there's a big time opportunity, I will absolutely fly there and make sure that we're there in Q1 to, to help them set up. Other companies that are local to Atlanta, I'll visit, absolutely. Because there's something about that personal touch, right? Because one thing we are not is a commodity, right? We certainly want to make sure that the personalized service, the white glove relationship and service is there. So that's really where, you know, we were able to differentiate and kind of separate ourselves because I certainly will go to the clients. And there are others that we Zoom, we Skype, we, you know, have the video chats and that's the level of our relationship for, um, for some of the clients as well. So it truly depends on what's going on with the client, what stage of the the, the manufacturing process they're in. Um, but absolutely, we, we have no issues with getting that FaceTime and visiting, doing a little bit of lunch, some dinner, you know, yeah. absolutely. Little, little NBA game. I know you like the, I know you like the uh, NBA games. Absolutely. So little, little NBA games, anything. So Easy. you're a Hawks fan? Funny. So I'm a Brooklyn guy. Okay. Uh, and I've still held true to that. Right. So I've okay. got my, 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 my Brooklyn Nets, my New York Knicks, Love mm. affair and it's still strong, but um, I'm an NBA guy all around. So truly, all 30 teams, I'm going to visit and and get to a home game, right? So oh, I don't even care what the the market is or where they're located. My goal is to get to one home game for each team. Wow, I'm so, a yeah. big NBA fan too, man. We're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to catch a game sometime for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. I've, I've done Charlotte. I've done a couple. I've I've knocked off eleven. Yeah, 11 or 12 of the teams so far. So I, I got a ways to go. But before I, you know, before my time here expires, at least one. Yeah. Yeah. So is that is that one of like your uh your your happy places in be watching the NBA that gives you that kind of, you know, work life. I I mean, I don't like really saying work life balance because once you once you at a certain level, it's I mean, that's that's talking about it. Is it is there really balance like you I mean, it's it's, it's work, right? I mean, it's it's harmony. I like to say harmony. But um, that balance word sometimes gets tough. But is that your uh kind of thing you uh that kind of brings you a happy place? That's my thing. That in nature, right? So mm. my family's Jamaican. I'm first generation born here in America. So my wife, you know, she's like for a, a person that whose family, whole family, and I've spent several years in on the island. You really enjoy nature, and it's like woods, trees, mountains, things that are not indigenous to a island like Jamaica. Those are the things that I enjoy doing. And that brings me peace, man. So biking, I like a good hike. I like a good, you know, NBA game, watching, you know, a movie, a family night, roasting s'mores with my girls. You know what I mean? I've got, I've got two toddlers, man. So, you know, that, that brings me peace, you know, spending that quality time. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's, you definitely have to have that, uh, something that kind of gives you that, uh, takes you away some, from time to time. Right. And space, man, it's, it's needed, especially when you've, you know, you've got, Big time responsibility now, right? So it's it's imperative to create that that space. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I want you to kind of plug us into like, you know, your insights into like the yeah. current trends yeah. and challenges and like really recruiting engineers. What are, what are, what are the, the trends and the challenges? Sure. So what I find now is that there is a, not so much even in, in just engineering, but in the manufacturing sector on a whole, the skill set, right? There mm-hmm. is a difference between where we want to go and the type of skill that's in the marketplace to get us there. Right. So we're finding that there's a lot of upskilling, right? Existing employees that you're looking to retrain, you're looking to, you know, really, really give them the tools that they need to take their skill set, to take their career to the next level. That'll, of course, help the company overall fill a gap, right? Whether it be a leadership gap or a skill set gap. And then you've got bringing in new talent, new hires, and integrating those two. So I find that right now, you know, AI and so many different sectors of the marketplace right now, they truly rely on being able to automate, get make sure that those automation tools have the right talent to support it. And that's really where sometimes that gap is like, I know we need to be using certain tools, certain, you know, resources, um, you know, Lean Six Sigma, just different things that organizations will need, but they may not always have the skill set in-house to go and make it happen. Mm. That's what we're seeing right now, right? We've got the talent. How do we marry it and merge it with the companies that are looking for it? And that's one of the things that we're seeing now. A lot of people are coming to the to the forefront, just trying to figure out, okay, how do I get my company from a 5% growth? I need to get it to 15%, but the existing talent that I've got isn't going to get it there. So I need to retrain my existing employees or go hire new. So that's what we're looking to bridge. Yeah, that that brings up an interesting topic. So and I was talking to someone else about this before, but mm. do you think that, you know, in today's universities, do mm. you think that, you know, and I, I I see students that take these hard engineering classes, right? Mm-hmm. But is it really preparing them for industry, right? Like you're taking all these hard classes, but is it really what, you know, companies maybe even looking for those certain skill sets? So do you think that there's a lack of like maybe, you know, coming up education as being taught in some of like the school systems compared to what's really being need in a, in industry? So I see a lot of companies, especially in the, you know, field service or sales or automation roles, these are client facing positions, right? Mm-hmm. So someone who is very, and I know there's a stigma, right? And it's not mm-hmm. a accurate statement or an accurate stigma, but it exists, right? That mm-hmm. engineers are stiff. Right. They're so, you know, they're very robotic in their thought, very methodical in their thought. So a lot of soft skills are truly needed yeah. in this industry and in this space. And I'm finding that that's where bringing more women and bringing more, you know, diverse representation into engineering and manufacturing, all those things lead to a wider scope. Yeah. And leads to in, uh, additional diversity and just a wider opportunity for the client to be happy, for their customers to be happy. And it's not so much the technical skill, but it's a lot of the soft skills that are really needed because leadership can make or break your organization. And if the leadership isn't able to connect, isn't able to engage, isn't able to advance the careers or help advance the careers of the, their direct reports, your company can go up in smoke. Right. Um, your product can fall flat. Managerial issues run rampant. Right. And so having the right people in place, having the right leadership in place, i.e. soft skills, 
are just as important as that automation piece, just as important as the technical skill set to go run the machinery, to go install and commission the, 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 the equipment is just as important as being able to, you know, work the room, so to speak, and, and, and bring the stakeholders on board with you. You spin bars, man, because that's something that I always say is just like, you know, for me, my background as, a, as an engineer, right? Um, you know, I have a lot of technical skills, but I also focus on, I like to call them life skills of just yeah. being able to, you know, have those skills such as, you know, emotional intelligence, empathy for others, just understanding how to relate and talk to different cultures of people. Yeah. Um, like you said, it's so, so important. Yeah. And then sometimes when we're in those, those engineering fields or these so technical roles, right. we think everything is just so technical, technical, and then right. it kind of gets lost. So you, you hit it, you hit it right on the nose, man. That's, uh, that's bars. <laughs> no, it's uh it's a skill set that we're seeing more of those soft skills and that leadership ability is, is, is key now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, you know, it seems like you have a, a lot of, uh, you've, you've traveled a lot of different places. You've been international as well. How would you say, you know, just your, I guess, international experience and being exposed to different things has sure. evolved and helped you in your leadership? So I find that, you know, I had the opportunity in college to study abroad, actually lived with the family for four months in Dakar, Senegal, um, mm -hmm. studied at University de Liberté Sank, went to Sheikh Anta Diop for, for a certification program. So being in environments where I don't speak the language, I, although yes, I am, you know, Caribbean American, right? I look very different than, you know, folks at the school that I was attending, with the family that I was living in. So that really put me in a position to adapt and being adaptable and being accepting of other viewpoints. Those are all keys as a recruiter, as a person that is trying to marry and merge the goals, desires, wishes of a candidate and the goals, desires and wishes of an organization. How do you put that together? You've got to be adaptable. You've got to be able to read between the lines. You've got to be able to extract information that's going to help you. So I find that being in environments where I don't speak the language, I you know don't know the culture as well as I would love to, but being fully immersed into it, it forced me to be adaptable. It forced me to develop those soft skills, right? Because one thing that's universal is just connection. Mm. Connection is universal. So how do you connect with people? Staffing and recruiting and going on all the client visits in the world is all about connection. So that's really what drives the business. And I want to make sure that, you know, the recruiters that I bring on board, the, the, you know, as the company grows, operations staff, all these things, there's a true connection mm. between us. Um, so I think traveling and seeing the world and visiting China and, you know, being in Japan for several weeks, again, these are all cultures and continents I'd never visited before. Had no experience on, did not speak the language as well as I would have liked to, but I made it work. And it was a enriching experience overall, 100%, 100%. That's bars. So how, how do you, um, I know you say, you, you know, you, you network a lot, you build relationships, right? How do you really stay up to date to like the latest, you know, industry trends to make sure that, uh, you know, Crown Technical Staffing is really staying up to date to the forefront of everything? Sure, sure. One of the things that I do is they say leaders are readers, right? Mm. And being able to dig into your craft and being able to niche down, right? They say, 
I won't throw too many cliches out there, right? But there's riches in the niches, so to speak, right? So being able to truly niche down and being able to specialize in a particular sector and a, sp a specific area, I've got to stay abreast of what's going on. What are the pain points of my clients? What are the pain points of the hiring managers and the people that I serve and the people that I'm partnered with? I, we put out a pod, uh, not a podcast, a, um, a newsletter every single week, every Tuesday on LinkedIn, you can catch us dropping information in a newsletter format. So I'm writing that. I'm personally writing that every single week. So to get the content, to get the information, I've got to stay abreast. There's several different, you know, books and publications and other newsletters and courses that I take, um, mentorship groups that I'm a part of. And, you know, it, it, it all kind of helps me formulate you know, the go-to-market strategy and the information that I need to make sure that the clients get what they want and get what they need. So yeah, it's, it's, it's critical, right? To, to, to stay abreast and stay on top of the market. It shifts. It's shifted since I've started the company in April of 2022. So you, you really got to stay ahead of it. And, and a big part of that is for me, mentorship. Nah, that's, that's big stars. Where do you kind of see the, the impact of like remote work now, you know, kind of on, on a, you know, within your industry, I know you you talked about a lot of you know manufacturing, engineering roles. I'm guessing a lot of those will be actually on site. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people now going wanting to go into remote roles and stuff like yep. that. Have you seen that to be any effect on some of the jobs that you're even looking at recruiting under your staffing agency? Sure, sure. So even you know roles that are on site, they're giving a lot of options: three days in the office, two days out. So they're giving some level of flexibility. A lot of clients are putting that into their, you know, benefits or attractive elements of the company. It's like, hey, you don't have to be here five days a week, right? Mm -hmm. There are certain things you can do over the phone. There are certain softwares that you can plug into so you can, you know, help or, or, or be a part of a remote team. So that that oftentimes is a selling point. But yes, we are seeing at at minimum, a lot of companies are giving at least three days in the office, two days out. So yeah, remote work is here to stay. Truly, it is. It's it's. I was reading a, a article the other day, and um, they mentioned most companies. I'd say at least twenty seven percent they don't adhere to their in office five days a week standard anyway. Mm. So while you fight with that twenty seven percent, or you you know make your 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 opportunity a bit more flexible and and cater to a wider audience because that one percent of technical and engineering talent. They want flexibility. Everybody's got lives. Everybody's got families, right? So they, they realize, especially post-pandemic, the uh, the need for some level of flexibility is, is necessary. Uh, that's uh, that's definitely true. You know, we're, you know, since after COVID now, right, we're, we're in a different world now, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, the scene is that kind of relate to the specific job or, or area. Um, is that possible? So, yeah, right. that's, that's true. You shared a lot with our listeners today about, you know, uh, your agency and, and everything and all the different roles that you offer. Give me, you know, a challenging moment that you really had to overcome. You know, I really, I enjoy and our listeners really enjoy hearing from people that have overcame something within their life, right? So what challenge, challenging moment in your career do you feel like you've had to overcome and really helps you to get to where you're at today? Hmm, that's a good question. So with, <laughs> with a challenging moment, right? Um, when I first started Crown Technical Staffing, there were, um, you know, individuals that I'd been working with that I, I, I partnered with in the past. 
that said, you know, as soon as you, you know, open up this division, we're going to partner together. As soon as you open up the company, we're going to partner together and make it happen. We're going to make it happen together. So this initially started with a, a group of recruiters that, you know, I'd been familiar with that we were going to come together and partner and build this. But as time got a little bit closer, life happened, right? Things occurred where they weren't able to go in the direction that at one point we were all going in together. So I had to pivot, right? And I knew that I set a date for myself. I knew that my family was reliant on this opportunity happening. Um, and I knew that, again, we could fill a void much bigger in the marketplace than just myself and just the you know team that I, I had on board initially. So that's where, and, and to your point, right? Workers who are remote, who are in different countries, um, different parts of the world are very skilled, very knowledgeable about this industry, very knowledgeable about, you know, being a good recruiter. Um, so I went that route, right? Instead of building a team of local recruiters, I built a team of remote recruiters, right? So that was the real shift and real pivot. Being able to find one, the resources, right? Where am I going to find recruiters that have never met me, don't know me from a hole in the wall, never heard of my company? How do we sell this opportunity? How do we sell the partnerships and the clients that we're working with? So that for me was, was critical because I had a business, but there was a gap in terms of being able to fulfill orders in the business because there wasn't a fulfillment team at that time. So I had to step in. At the same time, learning how to immediately attract remote recruiters and being able to build it that way. So right now we do have a team of three remote recruiters. Um, they, two of them are local, one is international and being able to, you know, create that culture, create that environment without being face to face as it was initially supposed to be, right? That was the goal. That was how we were going to build the company. But um, yeah, life happened and we pivoted and it needed to be a remote only organization and that's the vision of the business and it's worked out tremendously tremendously mm. sometimes that pivot that that crossover move you did real quick it gets you an even better bucket right Absolutely. so it seemed it like you you pivot and you you had an even even better outcome that you that you wouldn't couldn't even imagine right did didn't uh, it was never a part of the game plan when i first mm. started the business but it happened, right? And it was a shift that needed to happen in order for the company to survive. So yeah, that was one of the biggest lessons to take off the employee hat very quickly and throw on the owner hat within weeks of, of starting the business. So that for me was was a learning lesson. A lot of bumps mm. in the road. You know, you definitely had to switch hats and switch personas and and really build a vision quickly. Wow, okay. Yeah. We gotta we gotta rewind and dive into this a little bit now because okay. you said the employee hat and the owner hat. Yeah. And and now I really want to go into this because you know, a lot of people want to go into entrepreneurship, right? Coming from working a nine to five job, right? Sure. Like you kind of just explained, you know, now as you're going into an owner more in the entrepreneurship part, you gotta right. have a certain mindset, right? So how sure. did that that mindset switch, right? Did that happen overnight for you? Or was it like, did you have to go through a few things or like, wow, like, like you kind of said, you had to flip that switch. Like how, how was that? Was that difficult? So for me, I, I've been an entrepreneur at heart, right? Um, okay. This is not my first business. I started, you know, at e-commerce companies, uh, organizations that I, you know, founded and started. I was a part of a network marketing um, team at one point in life for 10 years, actually. So, Taking off the 
I'm just here to help you and actually be the one helping others and being the mentor and being the teacher and being the leader and, and saying, hey, come with me. Not you go do it, but come with me. Let's go do this thing together. I've always had to you know, do that in just several capacities in my life. So in doing this though, there was just a lot more financial responsibility, critical, right? To, to, to making it all happen. So yes, it was a shift that was necessary. There is a difference because everything falls on your shoulders. There is no marketing department. There is no sales department. There is no fulfillment recruitment department. You are starting from scratch and everything lives and dies on your ability to strategize, on your ability to just go that extra mile, right? Because you certainly do have to go the extra mile. It is not a nine to five anymore, right? It is not a nine to six anymore. You do have to put in work, a lot of work in the beginning. But when you see the results, when you see the fact that you can spend more time with your family, when you see that you can really build a lifestyle and a career for yourself in a way that you just can't do for someone else, the work that you do is worth it. The work you do is worth it. Hmm. Okay. So are, are there, uh, I guess, are there any misconceptions that you want to, um, you know, that people might have of staffing agencies that you want to like clear out and, you know, like, nah, this is not what a staffing agency is. Like, is there any misconceptions you might want to clear up that some people that you see sometimes that people may think of a staffing agency? Sure. There's, there's the perception that it's easy, right? Mm -hmm. All you're doing is putting in a couple of keywords. You're finding people on LinkedIn and job boards and you're just sending them, right? Sending the resumes, to companies that need to hire. And that's all you do. And you sit back and you wait for a check. And there's so much more nuance behind it, right? There's so many more gray space, right? That you have to fill. And a lot of that is making sure that the partnerships are correct. Making sure that the candidate pool that you're tapping into, the resources that you have, they are nurtured, right? Because just as easily as a relationship is built, relationships can be broken very quickly, mm. right? I actually saw that as a real life example. One of the clients that, you know, wanted to work with us, they had an existing relationship with a staffing agency, but they realized that that staffing agency would often take some of their best employees, some of the best candidates that they presented to them. And they were also sending those same candidates to their competitors. They were sending the same candidates to other companies that were in their direct site because they wanted to win business. They were on the side of the candidate versus tr forming a true partnership and really being about helping the client through their challenges, they were more so just focused on making a placement. So sometimes the perception is you guys are just in it for the placement. You're just in it to put a body into a job and you truly don't care whether they stick around, whether they're properly vetted, whether they have all the tools and resources that they need to properly do the job. Those are all things that you get with an executive search and an exclusive based recruiting firm, right? So those are things that oftentimes are, are overlooked and you think, yeah, they're just in it for the money. They're just in it to make a quick placement. And there's so much more that goes into it for there to be a true relationship and true partnership. Okay. So let, let's look ahead a little bit uh, yeah. in the future, right? You know, what are the goals and aspirations um, you kind of have for Crown Technical Staffing? How do you really plan to, you know, really achieve these goals? Plug us in a little bit. Sure. So one of the big things, as you mentioned earlier, right, we talked about, you know, travel and especially black and brown kids being able to, you know, come from inner city communities, underserved communities and being exposed to cultures outside of 
where they grew up and where they're from. So I'm on the board of a company called All Abroad, as well as an alum of AFS, American Field Service USA. And those are both two amazing organizations that we give 10%, right? Our goal every single year, again, we're a new organization, but last year we were able to help, you know, sponsor some of the trips that All Abroad went on and, you know, partner with organizations and take some of the candidates or some of the kids that are in those organizations and like send them to an Eric Thomas or a, you know, SOS, S2S podcast taping and and really give them just exposure, both to travel and entrepreneurship. That's what 10% of the resources or revenue from Crown Technical Staffing goes toward, making sure that, yeah, there are trips, there are, you know, organizations that, that provide opportunities to kids just like myself when I was 17, right? I got a chance to study abroad in China for six weeks because of organizations like AFS, you know, send kids to Kenya. This year, we're going to Kenya again. Um, you know, there's, there's opportunities out there. Brazil is another place where we're sending children um, that the high school students in the area, that's part of where the revenue of Crown Tech is going. But more so really connecting with communities of underrepresented engineers and technical talent and showcasing their skill set on a much broader platform. Because truly, organizations don't know about Crown Technical just yet simply because they don't know. But mm. by the work that we're doing, by the impact on the candidates' lives that we're having, I expect it to grow, right? I expect the word to get out. I expect mm. there to be growth in both the candidate base and the clients that truly want to create a partnership and want to work with us those are the type of organizations we're looking to grow and build with. And I envision in the next, you know, at least three to five years, we just have really solid partnerships. We have a team of recruiters that are eager to go to market with some really good candidates and, and, and partner with organizations that want to take their business, take their company, take, take market share to the next level. And we want to be the bridge to supply the human capital, the talent that's going to those organizations. So yeah, it's growth. It's growth, yeah. growth and impact. That is a huge, those are two real pillars that we stand Ours. on. Um, impact in our communities, number one, and impact in, in, in being able to showcase to other underserved communities that, man, there's a, there's a life, there's a much bigger world out there than, than what you may see right now. Um, and if we can send a couple of kids out there to, to travel and see that world, and then when they come back, help them get a good job, help them get a good, you know, good, good opportunity, then man, that's, I can I can I can pat myself on the back. I can pat the team on the back and say, "Good job." Nah, that's that's bars, bro. That's bars. Well, you definitely plugging in on the STEM plug podcast, so you know we we know now. Yeah. So I guess uh, you know one another thing I want to ask. So okay, I'm a you know I'm an engineer. So I'm a listener at home, right? I'm an engineer. I'm looking to scale in my career. I, I'm hearing you on this podcast. How can I, you know, get in touch with Crown Technical Staff and give give us some of your your info? How we can, you know, our listeners can plug in if they're looking to apply to a job, check out anything, plug plug in everything for us. Absolutely. So the website, Crown Technical www.crowntechnicalstaffing.com. Okay, that's how you can find me on the World Wide Web, right? Um, but also more so on social media is really where I'm most active. Again, our newsletter is there. Um, and that is on my personal uh, page. And that's Sean Bartley, 
and you can see my name, S-H-A-U-N-B-A-R-T-L-E-Y. I'm sure you'll have probably that in the show notes as well. Um, you'll be able to, you know, connect with me there. And that's where a lot of the messaging and, 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 and correspondence comes into play. And yeah, you'll be able to, you know, connect with me both on LinkedIn and through the website. Okay. Okay. Now, well, we appreciate you plugging all that in for us today, Sean, for sure. So I got another question I just want to ask yeah. you, man. One final question. And I, oh, sure. I didn't ask you this ahead of time, right? But yeah. you have an amazing background. You've traveled all around the world, you know, going to a lot of NBA games too, family, man. Yeah. What do you want your legacy to be, you know, when everything is all said and done? What's, what's the legacy? What do you want it to be? Good question, man. I would say, I'd say the legacy, man, is that he overcame, Right. As my girls are watching me, that ability to just overcome and still get things done, right? One thing in my household, my kids know, I've got to try. Before I ask dad for help, before I ask mom for help, before I ask anybody to give me or do anything for me, I've at least got to try. Because I've watched my dad try, overcome, make things happen, irregardless of, of the circumstances. So for me, it's the fact that I need you to try. And I need that legacy for me at least to be, okay, this is a person that tried, that made things happen, that brought resources together and impacted communities, right? And because of trying, because of having that impact, these are the things in place, right? These are the students that he was able to help get the money so that they can travel and experience life overseas. These are the, you know, job opportunities that were created as a result of, hey, we worked with Crown Technical Staffing and they put me in an amazing position at XYZ Company. That's the impact. Because I tried, so many people's lives were affected. Because we tried, because we made sure that there was a sense of you've just got to overcome and get it done. I mm. take that into every search, job search that we put together. I put that into every partnership with a client that I work with. And I put that into my family. Try, overcome, and just get it done. Wow, man, that's bars. There's definitely a drop the mic right there. Hey. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> well, Sean, we we appreciate you plugging in everything about your experience, your career, really just sharing more with us about Crown Technical Staffing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure our listeners plugging in home are, are really interested and intrigued and really want to plug in more with your organization, right? So again, we appreciate you plugging in. Uh, this is another episode of the STEM Plug Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and keep plugging in.